Welcome to the Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams. I want to thank you for joining me on this broadcast. Maybe you're watching on a podcast or a video or otherwise, and I thank you for that and for sharing those. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. I pray and trust that last week's messages were a blessing to you, whether they encouraged you, challenged you, or both. As I've shared many times, we are not shying away from the tougher messages that we don't hear very often or at all in our churches today, but are very much needed in our walk with Christ as Lord in a world and with a spiritual enemy doing everything they can to, to get us to excuse, redefine, rationalize, and think that we've justified many things that are not in line with God's Word. The final teaching episode last week on Thursday was entitled, The Collision of God and sin. And it's a powerful reminder of what our sin cost God in Christ on the cross in order for us to be redeemed and reconciled to him and be able to live in that relationship with him. I hope you were able to listen to it and if it even share it with others to help them in their walk to either come to know Lord Jesus Christ as Savior or if they already know him as such to truly walk with him as Lord. Now, if you missed that message or any of those messages last week or before, you can find all of them at loveandlordship.com, loveandlordship.com, and you'll find these videos, the podcast, you can read articles, many other things. Uh, there are books there on the, on the, in the center of the homepage. There's an icon there. You can click on that. So love for you to visit that. Uh, hope that it encourages and blesses and strengthens you and share it to help others do the same. You can reach me, and I'd love to dialogue with you. You can reach me at loveandlordship, loveandlordship at gmail.com. Loveandlordship, A-N-D in the middle. Don't do the ampersand there. I know it looks great on the banner, right, But uh, if you're watching video, but it's loveandlordship dot, at, at gmail.com. Now, this week, we're going to dive deeper into our relationship with God in Christ and what that means regarding our relationship with sin and morality. As God proclaims through Holy Spirit in His Word, this is not something that simply goes away once we are saved, and we need to understand what is required of us to walk out this relationship as Christ's disciples as we become more and more like Him. I've shared many times one of my favorite and yet most difficult passages in Scripture that speaks very plainly to what we are called to as we make Christ Lord of our lives. John 3.30 states, I must decrease and He must increase. This is the only way that my relationship with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit can become what Christ died to freely give me. And the same is true for you. Unfortunately, our convoluted messages of cheap grace or cheap salvation have done much damage to what it means and how we are to live as Christ's disciples. I pray that you will prayerfully take this to heart and allow Holy Spirit to strengthen your walk in Christ as you die to self and allow the new man or woman that Christ has made you to be become all that he has recreated you to be. Much of this has to do with today's message, which is entitled, Moral Decision About Sin. Now, if you're following along in the, in the devotional booklet or at myutmost.org, we're on April 10th. 
The Apostle Paul makes it painstakingly clear what our response to sin in the flesh must be when we become that new person upon receiving Christ as Savior and making Him Lord of our life. Far too often, the modern-day gospel of salvation, and I have air quotes going around that gospel of salvation, either explicitly or implicitly teaches that salvation from sin is the end when it's actually just the beginning. And, and many folks might even say that, but then give nothing to help us truly grow. You see, when we're saved, we are babes or newborn infants in Christ. This means that we now have a lot of growing to do in order to form the mind, the disciplines, and the life of Christ as the new man or woman that he has made us to be. Let me say that again. This means that we now have a lot of growing to do in order to form the mind, the disciplines, and the life of Christ as the new man or woman that he's made us to be. And yet, sin and temptation still exist in our flesh, in the culture, and certainly in the spiritual realm with Satan and his spiritual attacks. We find Paul's plainly worded, aforementioned, painstakingly stated picture of what it looks like to be saved by Christ and to walk anew with and in Him here in Romans 6, 6. And that's the context of the, the devotional today. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth, moving forward, we should not serve sin. This scripture is an oft-quoted and preached-about text, but seldom with the clarity nor the discipleship accountability needed for us to know what it means to truly die to self and sin and live for Christ and His truth and love. Chambers says this. He starts it with this. Co-crucifixion. Have I made this decision about sin that it might be killed right out in me? that it must be killed right out in me. Sorry about that. It takes a long time to come to a moral decision about sin, <clears throat> but it is the great moment in my life when I do decide that just as Jesus Christ died for the sin of the world, that sin had to be put to death. Remember, in Corinthians, Paul says, he became sin that we might become righteousness, 1 Corinthians 5, right? But just as Jesus Christ died for the sin of the world, so sin must die out in me. Not be curbed or suppressed or counteracted, but crucified. Every person that I've mentored, counseled, and discipled over the years, and I include myself in this group, has struggled to want to accept God's grace in Christ's crucifixion and the taking away of our sin as him allowing us to continue to live in our sin or sins, or at least a little bit of our sins, habitually and willfully, while abusing grace as forgiveness as we do continue to sin. This is heresy and eternally damning and dangerous, as Paul is clearly pointing out. I'm back to Chambers now. No one can bring anyone else to this decision. We may be earnestly convinced and religiously convinced but what we need to do is come to the decision which Paul, in the power of the Holy Spirit, right, that he forces here. Haul yourself up, he says. Take a time alone with God. Make the moral decision and say, Lord, <clears throat> identify me with your death until I know that sin is dead in me. Make the moral decision that sin in you must be put to death. 
as long as you or I are holding on to and excusing any sin in our lives and willfully submitting and participating in it, then sin is alive in us and Christ is not having his way in our lives. He may be having parts of it, but he tells us very plainly himself when he walked the earth, you can't do this half-heartedly. You can't be serving me part of the time and willfully sinning the, uh, the rest of the time. This is a hard truth, but a biblical truth nonetheless. The devotional goes on to say this, It was not a divine anticipation on the part of Paul, but a very radical and definite experience. Am I prepared to let the Spirit of God search me until I know what the disposition of sin is, the thing that lusts against the Spirit of God in me? Read Galatians 5, 16 through 26. See that battle that's still going on in the life of every believer. Then if so, will I agree with God's verdict on that disposition of sin, that it should be identified with the death of Jesus, die out in me. I cannot reckon myself dead indeed unto sin unless I have been through this radical issue of will before God. Quit playing games compromising and keeping or allowing that sin or sins in your life that interfere with Christ's design, desire, and lordship in your life? Have I entered into the glorious privilege of being crucified with Christ until all that is left is the life of Christ in my flesh and blood? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Let me close this message, this, this teaching today, with this food for thought. Paul states it probably most profoundly in his letter to the Galatians like this. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Can this be said of you? Or does sin, or a particular sin, still have reign and rule in your life? It doesn't have to, but Christ will never remove it for you. He will forgive you and strengthen you to overcome it as you confess and die to the sin, self and flesh, and live by the new spirit he has freely placed in you. Which do you love? Which are you a slave to? The flesh and sin? Or to Christ. Here's our love in action for this, this message. Spend time with God in His Word and prayer and listening every day. Begin with the scripture, two or three, right here in this message. Hopefully, this teaching will help you understand this more deeply and apply it more effectively. Number two, even more importantly, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. He's going to teach you way more than I will, but I pray that He's using this ministry and these messages to help. Number three, with brutal honesty, list any or all sin or sins that you are willfully keeping in your life and thinking that God's okay with them while you remain a slave to them. Folks, this could be one time a year or a dozen times a day. You're still in bondage to that sin if you're willfully giving into it. And Christ has come to set you free from that. By faith through grace, live like it. And then number four, determine that you will crucify the old person and all of the sin that you've identified or the Holy Spirit has identified and truly become a slave to Christ. I promise you it's worth it. 
Tomorrow's message is about how we exchange that old person of sin and immorality for the new person and the new morality that we're given in Christ. Join us and invite family, friends, loved ones, even enemies to get the chance to. We all need to hear of this gospel message of salvation and sanctification and living as Christ's disciples. Now, once again, you can find out more, hear more, listen to more, watch more, share more if you go to loveandlordship.com, loveandlordship.com. Our book's there, as I said at the beginning. There's an icon in the middle, The Authority of Love, second edition. The Lord is opening doors, and we're being able to use that more and more. So we thank Him for that. You can also, if you're inclined to, as you pray, as you hear, if you're inclined to partner with us and want to give, there's a Give tab near the upper right on the homepage. Click on that very quickly. One-time or ongoing monthly gifts. All gifts are greatly appreciated, but it won't take you but a minute or so, and we really appreciate that. You can give mobily, okay, on your phone or device at Cash App, and you can find that at cash.app, A-P-P, forward slash dollar sign love and lordship all spelled out together with both l's capitalized cash dot app app forward slash dollar sign love and lordship both l's capital and all together finally if you want to send it by mail you can do that to love and lordship to 324 timothy drive nicholasville kentucky 40356 that's love and lordship to 324 timothy drive Nicholasville, Kentucky, 40356. And listen, if it's not us, but you sense the Lord is is working on you to do that, keep praying until he shows you who he wants you to give to and partner with. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day in the love and worship of Jesus Christ. Stay tuned at 1245 for my good friend Greg Horn and Hope is here. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.